Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, back on the show, kind of a fan favorite, got a lot of great feedback on the last podcast I did with Robert Glover. That was podcast number 322. We talked about the nice guy syndrome and his related book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, a proven plan for getting what you want in love, sex and life. But today he's back on the show. And this is all about dating for men. This is for you guys out there. And we're going to talk about his new book, which is really great. I've read a lot of relationship books um, that are out there. And for people that I've interviewed, and this is really, it's really up there. It's so it's so detailed you'll you'll give it a couple of rounds because there's so much in there um dating essentials for men i can't wait to talk about this welcome back thank you for having me back it's good to be here so you know you've uh, on the last podcast and in general you know we we talked about a few of these these we touched on a couple things but we didn't get into it now you've written this wonderful in-depth guide like you said it's really the only book you're gonna you're gonna need if you're if you're a dude looking to date women and in all of your writing, you go back to, hey, this is how I once was, and it didn't work, and it was a disaster, and so I turned it around, and here I am. And you coach men all over the world uh, through your, you know, your books and your your protocols, and you know, getting rid of that nice guy syndrome. But now this this book is for absolutely just everybody, every guy. What what brought you to this? Because you first mentioned in the book, you know, you just thought. Like if you got into a relationship, you'd just stay in it because it was just like too much of a bother to go, like you'd hang on in there way too long. So let's start with your your stuff. All right. You're, you're, you're perceptive. You're right. Every Everything I write, everything I teach comes out of my own struggles. And and one thing that I, I've always said about No More Mr. Nice Guy, that it, it's not a book, it's not a chronicle of my successes. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole storyline of my fuck-ups and, and what I learned. And the same thing was true about dating. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I, I didn't start dating until I was in my late 40s. Um, I, I, I tried to date in high school and college, but I'm not sure what I did would even be called dating. Um, I, I call it nice guy seduction and, and that I would just kind of, you know, if there's a woman I kind of liked that I'd maybe sit close to her in class and maybe try to impress her by knowing answers to the questions a professor or teacher asked and maybe, you know, try to start a conversation, maybe try to show her I was different from other guys, hide any real interest in her, especially any real sexual agenda. Cause I didn't have one. Um, I didn't think I did. And, um, and just go real slow, listen to her talk about her problems, maybe help volunteer to help her do stuff. And, um, and, and it didn't, it didn't work very well. And <laughs> it, 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 it occasionally worked. Were you but, always the friend? Is that where we're going? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to be the friend and, um, and you know, when I, when I did meet a woman and it kind of clicked, I, I stayed way too long. I, I, I often say I, I my first two marriages uh, were lasted a total of 25 years. And I, and I mean, both are both are good women, but I shouldn't have dated either one more than two dates. But, you know, once a woman is interested in me, I can't let go of that. I can't go back out there again and try to figure this out. So when I got divorced in my late 40s, um, that's now been 
2003, so it was over 15 years ago, I decided I, I had to figure this out. I had to learn how to date. If I was going to get in relationship again, I didn't want to do the same old thing. I realized two things I really, really needed to learn how to do. One was become a better picker and the other is become a better ender. And in between all of that is, is all the other stuff that, that I learned in the process. And as I started getting actually good at it and it started getting to be real easy and I was getting dates and getting in a relationship, a number of my clients were saying, Hey, what are you doing? You know, you're, you're, you're doing well at, at, at dating and getting women and getting a relationship and you're having sex. And, you know, they're all going, teach us, teach us. And I said, well, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not a dating coach. I'm not a dating guru, but I put together a dating workshop, you know, probably 10, probably 12, 13 years ago. And, uh, then turned into an online class and, and, um, and, you know, I, I, I dated for a number of years. I've, I've successfully dated in that I've been married now for approaching three years to an amazing woman. And um, I, I think the main thing was is I found that, that most men make dating way too hard, way too hard. And it doesn't have to be hard. In fact, it, it can be amazingly easy uh, if, if, you, if you practice a few things and, and treat it as kind of a scientific experiment. Instead of going out there and trying to get a girlfriend or trying to get laid, trying to maybe go out there and just be social and see what works and what connects you with people and what opens up doors for you. So out of that came the whole Dating Essentials for Men program. You know, uh, one of those things, first and foremost, and we'll go, you know, this book is very, uh, it's, it's so in-depth, it's so great, there's so much juicy stuff there, we're only going to be able to kind of skim the surface, but in starting off with, um, you know, stop, and we talked a little bit about this on the last one, but stop looking as a date as an attempt to get someone to like you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That, that's, that is so core, and maybe, you know, really, that's, You've really picked up on a core part of the book. I, I, I operate under a principle um, that I heard a guy named David Data say, and you, you may be familiar with his yes. book, Way of Superior Man. He, he said something. I've heard him in a couple workshops years ago, but it really stuck with me. He said, choose a woman who chooses you. And, right. and it really hit me because I'd spent like 14 years in my second marriage trying to get my wife to choose me. And 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 it, I was always trying to please her, trying to get her approval, you know, trying to get her to treat me well. And, and a lot of guys go out there dating and they're, they're trying to get women to choose them. They're, you know, kind of pick me, pick me. I'll treat you well. I'll buy you drinks. I'll, I'll spend money on you. I'll take you out. I'll be a good guy. I'll, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's a whole lot easier if you're more, more conscious of the women who are already choosing you, i.e. sending you signals, indicators of interest, and, and you go walk through those open doors instead of pounding on the closed doors of saying, I want this woman to like me because X, Y, and Z, usually based around physical appearance. But, you know, it's a lot easier to walk through an open door than keep pounding on a closed door. And I promise you, I mean, I've been a marriage therapist for over 30 years, and I promise you, and I've been married <laughs> a few times uh, for a long time. And even in long-term relationships, is is so much better if the woman you're with is choosing you every day. She she can't think of any place else she'd rather be and anybody else she'd rather be with than you. Rather than you know figuring out well, how come she doesn't talk to me more? How come she's not nice to me? How come she don't want to have sex to me with me? How come how come you know it doesn't feel like she's in love with me? So I'm a big believer of starting out by choosing a woman who chooses you, and then then you choose among the best. And, and, and you stick with that one. I guess one of the things, I, I love that. I've had 
people, and this is what you said, you, you know, the people you married, lovely people, but you should have known on the second date. I've had people 20 years, you know, maybe into a marriage, uh, coaching them, and they mention about, you know, the sex life, and they're complaining about it. And that's how it was from the beginning. It never not wasn't not good. Like, did you think it was going to get better? Mm-hmm. And why wasn't that resolved first? before you went into marriage with someone. So, you know, a lot of these things we, we invite in. And and on the note of not attempting to get someone to like you, you know, gosh, this is skipping to another part of the book. And I don't want to get too much into this right now, but the confidence level is such a self-defeating, you don't really love yourself and feel you're so lovable, or else you might go into that day going, let me see if I like this person and if yeah. she's going to fit in my life. And that vibe is already an air of confidence that is emanated across the table without saying a word. And so you you mentioned this a little you have a couple things here where you talk about like the self-limiting beliefs and how your words are a window to your thoughts. And I love some of these, you know, things like she shot me down versus she said no, right? I blew it again or it didn't work out. Can we can we talk about these self-limiting beliefs and these negative words in the way you've heard this for years from guys? Yeah, and and that's such a core piece of of dating essentials for men and it's such a core piece when I started dating, because I, I, I had a couple of really, really strong self-limiting beliefs in, in terms of how I viewed myself and viewed women. And and one of them was, is that women just weren't all that attracted to me. Now, I assume that was purely a physical thing, that they just didn't find me physically attractive. And I believed that. And and my my behaviors for most of my life reinforced that belief system. And and we all tend to do that. Whatever we tend to, to believe to be true, our behavior will tend to make sure that thing keeps getting manifested in our life. That's a, a you know pretty basic psychological principle. And the second self-limiting belief I had was that women don't like sex and thought men who wanted sex were bad, which meant that, okay, if I have any sexual agenda with a woman whatsoever, I've got to hide that completely from her. Now, what what I didn't really realize till much later is women know why we men are talking to them. They 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 know that we're, we're very clear about yeah, it. You're clear about it. We're, we're trying to <laughs> figure clear. out if we're going to get to see you naked at some point. And and you women know that, but I thought okay, women think men that are like that are, are bad. And so by me believing that women were not attracted to me in general, and that women think sex is bad and think men who want sex are bad, you can imagine how those self-limiting beliefs manifested in my behavior. I was very passive. I buried, you know, my, my sexual self. So there's nothing to create any kind of polarity, uh, any kind of emotional tension between myself and a woman. Um, I, I only went for safe women because I thought, well, I, I really like this woman, but she probably wouldn't want me. So, uh, and I just kept doing things that they reinforced and, and ma- mainly it, it was manifested in my passivity with women. And, you know, I've worked with so many guys that are just the best word to describe them is passive. They're just so just generally passive. They, they don't interact in any kind of way that, that would even get a woman's attention or, or make her notice them. And then they wonder how come women don't notice me or pay attention to me? Well, you know, uh, Oh, let me chime in. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I am a woman. I'm here to tell you least attractive quality ever in a person. And like you said, in 
the last episode about how when you used to be a people pleaser and your ex looked at you and was like, you know what? What did she say? She was like, how, if you can't stand up to me, how do I know you're not going to stand up for me? Was that it? That's, that's pretty damn close. You remember, yeah, she'd say, if you can't stand up to me, how will I ever know you'll stand up for me? Because That's right. Yeah, and she'd say, I'm just a little girl making noise. Don't don't get all scared of me. You know, I, I need you to stay strong. Be the man. And, and and that was actually helpful to hear. And kind of the same thing got reinforced years later when I took salsa class. And the instructors and my dance partners kept saying, be bold, lead. Let me know where you're going. Let me know that, you know, what you want, to, what we're going to do next. I thought, oh, really? You know, I'm supposed to be kind of bold and assertive and, and, and you know, and, and lead in the ways that I, the direction I want to go. And as you, as you say, you know, women, they don't want to be the aggressor. They can be. They don't want to be the strongest person in the room. They can be. They don't want to set the tone and take the lead. They can. Um, they're going to, most women feel much more comfortable if the man has some sense of confidence and, and, and knows where he's going and invites a woman to come along. And it, it just makes it, the woman can then just melt into that. But so many men, especially now with the whole, you know, hashtag me too, they're so afraid of being bold in any way whatsoever because they're afraid of, you know, being a social media, being crucified in the social media. And they just keep getting more and more passive. And my sense is women are getting more and more frustrated. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting too. I mean, you're talking about some some real primal shifts here. Biology, like you said, kind of prevents us from actually being attracted to a passively pleasing, nice guy, people pleaser. We're not talking about nice people. We're talking about your definition of a nice yeah, guy, the, yeah. the, the, negative, the negative connotation. And that doesn't mean to say we, again, are looking for bravado machismo because like we talked about last time, we're looking for inner confidence too. And that is, um, it's very, it, it literally is in our DNA. There's, there's something we cannot deny about that when we're talking about female, male, straight relationships here. Yeah, yeah, and and I love what you say. Is you know, biology prevents you from being attracted to a passively pleasing guy. And I've been preaching that to men both in relationship and outside because I had to learn that the hard way. You know, I I wonder why women weren't attracted to me, or why women, you know, didn't come on to me, or why once I married them, they didn't want to have sex anymore. And and is just biologically wired that the women cannot be turned on by that passively pleasing behavior. Now, what a lot of men do going back to the self-limiting beliefs is they go, well, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I've got to be rich. I've got to be, you know, six foot two. I've got to be good looking. I got to be an athlete. No, that's still self-limiting beliefs that men tell themselves to keep themselves safe, right? Not, not having to risk or feel vulnerable or look foolish or get rejected. And that's what a lot of men spend most of their time doing is just playing it safe. Don't want to get rejected. Don't want to look foolish. Don't want to make a mistake. And playing it safe doesn't get you anywhere in life and especially doesn't get you anywhere with women. There, And you know, it's funny, you know, you go through a lot of good myths about women that are really, really great. Um, and then you, you know, you get into... Well, you get into the addiction to superficial beauty. So let's let's talk about that. I mean, you know, you said that only a man with extremely low self-esteem would believe that having a young, hot or beautiful woman would somehow give him worth, meaning and value. So can you expound on that? Yeah, that's probably pretty much every guy. Um, (laughs) You know, maybe that's in our DNA, too. But yeah, here's the thing. Um. Most of what's out there for men in terms of teaching them how to date, how to get relationship, how to get how to get sex is really around 
um, the approach slash pickup model. And, and that is, oh, you've got to go, you know, approach to the hottest women and you got to run this line on them, you know, run this neg, run this cocky, funny routine, you know, this, this poll question, this game, this hypnosis trick, you know, this, this, <laughs> this, this, this NLP thing, you know, this, this mirroring thing. And tapping and on me during a, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We're going to start tapping and, you know, doing rapid eye movement and everything else. So, and you go, and to me, all that is, is I call it targeting. And that is, oh, I like that woman's breasts or, you know, I like her body or I think she's pretty. I want her to be my girlfriend. And, and the thing that, that I've been telling, I'm, I'm pretty blunt with men. I say, hey, you know, it's true. Uh, beauty uh, is superficial. Beauty fades. But but mean, bitchy and entitled lasts forever. So you, you're going after the beauty and that's going to fade. But the other stuff you get stuck with, you're probably not going to like so much. And and I tell guys, um, I, I understand kind of the whole the whole thing be, behind the hashtag me too thing women have been targeted forever you know when i tell guys if you're at the gym and you see this woman you go oh i like how she looks and you just like walk up and she hasn't even looked at you or sent you any indicator of interest you just walk up and say hi or you know some other random question she doesn't know what you want she doesn't know who you are she doesn't know what your agenda is and she's she's going to put a wall up really quick because that's what she has to do. And because most women have been targeted by a lot of men and, and not really just knowing. walking down the street near a construction site, people. I mean, yeah. like, hello, this is like our lives. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? It but, is. And men don't get that. Men think, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> you know, you you get attention for just, you know, being of your gender because men think, you know, you, you guys have it made. You don't. You you. you you know, you don't feel safe leaving your own house. Sometimes you don't feel safe in your own house. Men don't get that. And and when we target women and because, oh, she's hot. I like her boobs. I like her butt. I want her to be my girlfriend. I want other guys to envy me. You know, I, I want to feel great. I want to you know, have sex with a hot woman. And and unfortunately, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Some of the hottest women out there, some of the most wounded women out there as well, some of the most broken women. And guys go go after that. And I, I'll go back to, to the thing I was saying about, about choosing a woman who chooses you. I'd much rather walk through an open door of a woman who already has some degree of interest in me, already thinks I'm interesting, already wants to get to know me better, has already noticed me. Rather, I'd rather walk through that open door than go pound on a closed door with some woman that might not even know what my agenda is. And then what happens for so many guys, because that's the only information they've got to pick from is, you know, how to go hit on women basically. And then when they do that and it doesn't work, you know, they, 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 they hit on two women at the gym or they go to a noisy club and look around and get enough nerve up to go up and start a conversation with a woman who's again, no shown any, not shown any interest in them. And then when that doesn't work, they, they, that just reinforces their self-limiting beliefs. Oh, I am a loser. Women aren't interested in me. But the problem is not that they're a loser or that women wouldn't be interested. The problem is, is because they, they don't have the the social intelligence and the skill set to know how to interact with people in general. And then they take the stuff they read and pick up and, and approach and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's almost guaranteed to not work. And then when it doesn't work, they just, Oh, I, I must be uninteresting to women. No, that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is you're, you're doing sh stuff that doesn't work. And then, then you're wondering what's wrong with you. So I try to give men stuff that works and that's doable and that, that any guy, no matter who he is, can begin to apply to his life to expand his social life and his connection, uh, and especially with women, because that's what these guys are looking for.
Yeah. And you know, on that note of just the superficiality too, I would say that if I could give any message to guys on this, whether it's like online dating or in-person approaches, um, while every woman wants to feel that a guy thinks she's pretty and beautiful, sometimes (laughs) in my experience, I'll be honest, it's almost like over overload of the same compliment. You're like, yeah, yeah, I get it superficially, but please connect with me another way. Or, you know, like, or opening up with that versus something else, even if it's just like, you know what? I don't know. I just had the vibe. You seemed really cool and interesting. I'd love to, I just wanted to come talk to you. That would kind of probably come off way better than someone coming up and be like, wow, you're really pretty. It's, it, it's lovely. What a nice compliment. But do you know what I'm saying? It, it's somehow, <laughs> yeah. because we're also, like you said, beauty fades. Sometimes like, well, I like to hear maybe other things you like, like you get a little awkward, <laughs> right? Cause you're being put on some weird pedestal or, or something. And again, it's not to say you don't ever tell. Do you know where I'm getting with that? Because it's just like guys lead with that sometimes. And you're like, come on, guys. You know, we know you probably think we're pretty or you wouldn't come up and talk to us anyway. You know, but maybe yeah. don't open with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and there's other ways of telling a woman she's pretty that, that are a little bit more interesting. And, and, and granted, you know, okay, the woman knows you're talking to her because you're, you know, you're attracted to her. Of course, that's obvious. But, but there's other ways of communicating that. And hopefully, and, you know, especially if a guy's like at least over 35 years old, hopefully he's come to understand that attraction is so many more things than just physical appearance. It is not just, do you like her boobs? That attraction is, does she have some depth? Is she intelligent? Is she funny? Is she generous? Does she read a book or two every now and then? Does she hit the gym every now and then? You know, it's like, what kind of a complete person is she? Not just, I like her boobs. Now, I I can understand, okay, 16, 18, 22-year-old guys kind of just being physically oriented. We're we're kind of sexual mopeds when we're we're young. You know, we just want to, we go one direction and that's it. Um, But, you know, attraction is so much more than that. And that's why kind of, you know, moving that into what I teach men, I teach men to, to basically be, I say social animals for lack of a better word. I, I teach men, I, I use their desire to date, have a girlfriend and have sex as a way to expand their social and emotional intelligence. And so the basic things that I teach men, you know, get out of the house, start spending more time in public around people, start interacting more with people, just everybody, not just somebody that, oh, she's cute. I want to talk to her. Start interacting with people in general. And and as you've seen in the book, I teach guys how to do that. I teach them skill sets they can use to interact with people in general. And then if they're just doing what they do every day, i.e. being in public, being around people, practicing their social skills, interacting, and the person they're talking to next to them in line at a Starbucks happens to be a woman that they find you know, physically attractive and seems to be interesting, and she seems to be showing high interest in them, then you're just doing what you've done all along, and then you just take the next step of simple as saying, hey, you know, I've enjoyed talking to you. Take your phone out. Say, give me your number. I'm going to call you. In a couple of days, we'll set up a plan to get together. And she'll either have high interest in doing that or she won't. But you can't start with, oh, she's pretty. What do I say now? you got to be out there practicing social skills everywhere you go. And that has the effect because I think 
challenging self-limiting beliefs is huge, but becoming a social animal is just as big. Um, I found that just when you're out there being social, just being confident and, and comfortable in your own skin around people, that's amazingly attractive to women. Women are going to notice a guy who's comfortable in his own skin and comfortable being social, and they're going to wonder, who is that guy? That would be fun to be around him. He seems to know people. He seems confident. He seems to be having a good time. And that, that stuff's amazingly attractive to women. Yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, living here in Hollywood, many, many years ago, I was at some, you know, kind of industry thing, shishi, martini bar, Beverly Hills, and everyone was kind of dressed up. And one of our friends rolled in, in like camouflage pants and like a, like a, like a work, I don't know, it was just totally, you know, inappropriate. And, um, we, we, we were like, we were like, oh, and then I thought about it and I said, oh my gosh, everybody here is going to want to know who this guy is because mm-hmm. he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, that's exactly how this is going to go in this town right now. Everyone's gonna be like, who's that guy over there? That doesn't give a shit what he looks like in this town because everyone else cares so much about it. But, you know, in talking back about the confidence, you know, and, and this is really my jam. I love talking about this. And, you know, we did touch on it a bit. We're not looking for outward bravado machismo. We're looking for or negative alpha confidence. We're looking for what you're talking about, which is a guy who's comfortable in their skin in the corner of a bar, just assessing and surveying the scene without issue, just yeah. being, being okay being themselves. That is the person or the person wearing the camouflage with the black tie, you know, that people are like, wow, that person's confidence is amazing. They're not, they're not ashamed of this camouflage situation. <laughs> they're not ashamed of and. That is such an aphrodisiac, as you say. Can you touch on a little bit about the things that men can do? I guess I guess you could call it a little bit of a feng shui thing, but creating a lifestyle that attracts women naturally. Yeah, I, and that that's kind of my my shtick is that you want to attract women authentically and naturally. You you want to be you. Guys will say, well, women aren't attracted to me the way I am, and and. Well, I tell guys, you probably never let a woman see who you really are. You probably think of something funny, but don't say it because you think it might not come off well. Or, you know, you don't you don't touch her arm because you're afraid you might offend her. Or you don't make us say, hey, let's go do this because you think, oh, that would be controlling. So what I find is that, that most men are not themselves. In fact, most men I work with are not themselves almost anywhere in life. You know, I'll, I'll ask them, you know, what do you like? What do you love? What turns you on? What what makes you happy? Well, I don't know. You know, playing World of Warcraft. Well, okay. <laughs> We're going to have to work on that. Um, and and that, that confidence, you're right. It's not a bravado. It's not walking in, making sure everybody in the room sees you. It, it really is that lovingly not giving a fuck because you like you. And there is something amazingly attractive to women. And I tell guys that you exhibiting that kind of confidence triggers the exact same brain chemicals of arousal in a woman's brain that you would experience if she lifted up her shirt and showed you her boobs. You don't have to think about it. Do I like this? You just feel something that feels good. Women just feel something that feels good around a confident man. Maybe it's that whole evolutionary provider, protector, you know, the warrior, he'll make you feel safe. You know, he'll, he'll rescue you from the bad guys. It's just wired into our DNA. And again, you know, so many women out there can take care of themselves. You know, they, they, they can support themselves. They have good jobs. They don't need a man to provide and protect. But yet at an emotional level, there's something that is triggered when they see that man who has a sense of self, who's comfortable in his own skin. Now, how to get there? I did a bunch of therapy. That helped. Um, and 
and for me, the biggest piece really was when I became single, I really just started spending as much time in public as I could. Um, I took my laptop and I went to coffee shops and I worked in coffee shops. Every Sunday, I'd get the Sunday New York Times. I'd go sit on a couch in a coffee shop for four hours reading the Sunday New York Times. It's kind of expanding my emotional and you know intellectual intelligence, but also being around people. I'd, I'd go listen to live music. Uh, and I did a lot of things alone. I'd, I'd go eat at happy hours at the bar. I'd always sit at the bar and talk to the bartender. I, I still know in the, in the area where I used to live when I was single, I still know tons of bartenders, even though I, I don't drink that much. I But I would always eat there and I'd talk to the people around me and I just practice my social skills until that just became part of who I was. And, and, you know, my friends and family used to refer to Starbucks being my office and they say, Hey, you're the mayor of the coffee shop. Everybody knows you. And I just really went out of my way to connect with people, not just women. I thought were attractive. In fact, I connected with men more than I did women and women, by the way, find that amazingly attractive when men are connected to other men. It's probably still part of the whole tribal thing and why women get turned on by rock stars and athletes as is men working together with other men. And so it's okay if you Yeah, fight. and by the way, no, nothing's more attractive than like at least to me than watching a few men do men's stuff. Like one time I had two I had two guy friends that I watched build like a thing. They were building a loft or something. Yeah. And I was hanging out, we're all we're all buddies and no attraction for either of them whatsoever. Still no attraction, but but God, that was really hot watching both of them do it. And I wasn't attracted to them at the time. Again, it was probably the testosterone I was feeling, the, yeah. whatever it was. But it was like watching guys do guy stuff, like yeah. building the structure. Like that is really attractive to us. That's like, our, that's kind of porn. Anyway, it's like really, it really is. So I can see how men working in groups and achieving to strive for a goal. Again, that goes back to the tribal thing of like, we're going to be safer with this level protection because we didn't have anything to protect ourselves, you know, oh. back then. So it's, it's a very primal thing. It makes absolute sense. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick story along that line. It's, it's, it's just like you're watching these guys build a loft. I went to a speed dating event years and years ago. And, um, I, I, I ended up getting one date out of that and I met her. And when I went to meet her, I was actually met some other woman cause I was being social and then, and ended up dating the other woman I met, not the woman I met at speed dating. But Here's the thing. Um, I knew a guy there who knew a guy who knew a guy. And we all were talking after the speed date. And we all said, hey, let's go get a drink. So we all went around the corner to a bar. And there's, I think, five of us in all. And um, it, I was the youngest guy in the group. Everybody else was older than me. And I was probably 50-ish, 50 around at that time. And so everybody else was older than me. And so we said, hey, let's do this once a month. So we actually, for several months, once a month, would just meet up, maybe go to a happy hour, just go to a bar, just go hang out. We weren't hitting on women. We we're just kind of like hanging out with each other, just being guys. And the, the story is we were in a bar one time in Seattle, summertime, so it's still light out at happy hour. And we were sitting in at a round table in the corner of a bar, and there's an outdoor area, and people were coming in and out of the bar. It was kind of a, a, a younger hangout type type place in downtown Seattle. And we were just minding our own business. Just five of us sitting around this table, just talking, pretty much oblivious uh, to what was going on. And we were about to get up and leave and go walk to another bar. And the waitress came walking to our tables with a tray of kamikazes for each of us. <laughs> and I, I, we said, what, what are these about? And the waitress pointed to about four or five 20-something 
uh, young women at the bar and said, they sent them over. So we waved the, the women over and said, what's that about? They, oh, you guys were just looking like you're so cool and having such a good time. We just wanted to be part of that. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, come on over, have a drink with us. And like I said, I was 50 and the youngest guy there, and these women were all in their 20s. And we weren't even looking around or checking women out. or That's trying. Right. We were just being guys sitting in the corner of a bar, and the women wanted to come be a part of what was of that energy that was going on with us. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I had a friend who had this happen to them recently. They're very confident on the inside and outside, extremely confident, has no no issues with women being interested. Um, he's older. He's 60. He just went out one night in a town he was visiting, and he just went to a happy hour, and he's just standing there. He's, just, you know, confident, just checking it out. Not, not weird. And a whole table of girls like 20 years younger than him, you know, one of them came up and said, who are you? Like, you just have the most confident, like you just came in here by yourself. Like they were just so impressed with like this whole, that they invited him over and he had like this great time with them. And I mean, it's just, it's, I'm so not shocked by, by that story. Cause I was like, of course they, they called you over it again. There's, it's so alluring. Even if those girls aren't looking to jump on that guy, it's that intriguing enough where they're like inviting a 60-year-old dude over to hang out with them for the evening versus any of the other guys in the room, you know? And I, I have had many of those kinds of experiences, either alone or with other guys. In fact, when I do men's workshops and like, you know, I've got eight or 10 guys together and we're doing a weekend workshop, you know, I always tell them Saturday night, you guys go out together, go out, have fun, connect, get to know each other better, go have dinner, go do whatever. Um, and I tell them, and be aware if you're out just having a good time, being guys with lots of masculine energy and really being very real and authentic with each other, because that's what we're doing all weekend. I said, you will attract attention. You won't have to go looking for it. It will come to you. And almost without fail, women, sometimes the waitresses, the bartenders, women that are there in groups will approach the guys and say, who are you guys? What, what are you about? Because you know it's not the typical thing. They're just sitting at a bar, drinking a beer, watching football or whatever. They're interacting with each other. They're having a good time. They're energetic. And, and women always come and ask, who are you guys? What are you doing? What are you about? And there's just something about that energy. And as you've said, it can happen out for a guy out solo. It can happen for, you know, out in a group of guys. But the, the core piece of this seems to be, are you comfortable in your own skin? Can you be alone in your own company? Can you can you connect well with some other guys and and not be looking around? You know what 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 women can I get their attention? They will come pay attention to you. It, it'll come to you. Yeah, you know, on this note too, one of the things you talk about in your book uh, in a detailed way uh, with regards to confidence is, you know, huh, so such a such a small thing but so meaningful. Confident men will hold. A woman's gaze and smile confidently. Like when you are talking to a guy or you're on a date and they keep looking away or they're not looking straight at you, it is like you say, the guy is communicating sort of a submissive, intimidated, unsure of himself type of vibe. And on the and, and that goes for both people in terms of confidence in general, being able to just hold eye contact with someone. And it is really kind of moving and nerving in a good way to people. But it captures attention and there's something very confident about it and it shines through in just body language like that. Yeah. It, I'd love you to touch on some of that stuff because it's, it's important. Well, and I think most of the, most of the guys listening to this probably can relate to it because they're either already good at doing that or they're terrible at it. And, and I was tererrible at it. I, and probably a lot of guys can relate to, 
my self-limiting belief again. Okay, you're walking down a street or you're in a restaurant or you're in a public place, doesn't matter. And and you just you see a woman walking towards you or you just notice a woman and you know, you gaze at her because okay, yeah, she she looks nice. And all of a sudden she looks up and sees you looking at her. And all of a sudden, in most male brains think, holy shit, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know, she caught me checking her out. I got, I, I got caught. And so you look away. Like, <laughs> like, no, I wasn't looking at you. You know, don't be mad at me. You know, that's, that's how what goes on <laughs> in a lot of guys' brain. And as you yeah. said, what that communicates is is subservience, right? And there's nothing in, in that will turn a woman on by a guy being subservient in that way. And there's something about if you're if you're looking at a woman and she notices you looking, hold the look just a little bit longer. It communicates a sense of dominance. Animals do that all the time, and we're animals. In fact, if you're ever around like a, a fierce dog that's walking towards you, don't back away from it. Look it in its eyes and move a little bit towards it. And oh, you know, it's so funny you said that because, you know, here in California in general, we stand up paddle on the, on the ocean. And uh, I knew someone who swims with sharks for a living and said, I said, well, what do I do if I'm paddling and I notice like a fin of a shark kind of, you know, checking me out from behind, following me? <laughs> he said something I never thought he'd say. He goes, turn that board around and you charge that thing. Mm-hmm. It's an apex predator. You're either prey, you're either a threat or you are, you know, dinner. And he said, the reason they get the great shots underwater for Shark Week is because, you know, they'll go like right by the eye of a shark and the shark doesn't eat them. And it's because they said underwater, they go, we don't blink. We do not even blink when we're around sharks because that's the energy. And it's funny because that goes against your nature. You want to paddle away, but the message is no, go towards it. You know what I mean? And so that just, it's so, it's so classic. It's all through nature and (laughs) us as well. And and it's a practice skill to be able to do that in a socially appropriate way that, that you hold the contact, um, maybe just look away for a second, but look back again and then smile and, and maybe walk towards the person or, and cause I've had that experience that like, you know, I'm in a room and women don't even know I exist until they look my way and I hold their eye contact. You can literally see the flush in their face. You see a body reaction to having somebody hold their look. And all of a sudden that, that projects an amazing sense of confidence that again, triggers those brain chemicals in a woman's brain. And she doesn't even have to think, do I like this? She just feels something. And uh, a piece that, that, you know, I, I, I talk pretty, pretty directly and pretty bluntly with men and, you know, the guys that think, oh, I'm going to be really nice to her and treat her well and be different from other men and hide my sexual agenda. And then maybe she'll want to get naked with me. She'll want to have sex with me. And I'll go, no, what you need to understand about women is that they know probably in the first 30 seconds, whether or not there's a possibility that they're going to take their clothes off with you. And once they know that, it's it's probably not going to change dramatically. And I tell guys, women don't have sex with a guy that they've gotten to know. They get to know the guy they want to have sex with. So you thinking, well, if she gets to know me and blah, 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 then she'll want. No, if if you trigger something in her that she feels something like that, that is instantaneous and immediate, she's going to want to know more about you. Because something has been biologically activated in one hundred percent. I, I tell, swear, if this point, if some guy had that bold stance, were just kind of you know to sort of painting here, um, I, I would be just so curious. In that alone, I might be like, yeah, 
call me. I just give you that anyway, just because that's so bold as bold as fuck. I, I it's really yeah. you know there is something about that that does move us if it's in the right way and if it's coming from a place of of true inner confidence um, and good intentions, of course. You know, yeah. Uh, and, not not obviously we're not talking about creepy stuff. You're not well, teaching guys how to be creepy. Well, yeah. but, but what we're talking about. Men do have a hard time of knowing the difference. Is that oh okay, what's creepy and you know what what's being bold and confident? And and that's another big piece that, that I teach men in dating essentials is how to be the observer of how the other person is responding. Are they showing high interest in whatever you're doing, whether it's having a conversation, touching their arm, you know, the eye contact? Be be the observer of how they're responding. If they are responding with low interest responses, and I teach men how to recognize them. Okay, move on. Let it go. Don't push. Right. Never try to get a woman to like you. Never try to get a woman to have sex with you. Those are both bad ideas. But if, if you notice the woman is showing high interest, sending you signals of high interest, be bold. Move forward. I call it get to rejection quickly. Find out quickly. Is there something going to happen here or not? <clears throat> Being passive, you'll never find that out. But that's different than, as I said, in targeting a woman because you like her boobs, and I, I'm going to try to get her to like me and go home with me and have sex with me. That's a whole different ball game, and that's not what I teach. But, but Right. Like, you can go out there and do that. That's cool, but that's not what you're teaching. <laughs> you're teaching about having relationships that are meaningful and fulfilling regardless of how long they last, but that they're the intention and everything around them. And you know, so much of your book, and this is what's great. So much of your book is about building confidence. We're just talking on the surface here. You give so many specific bullet points and examples of so many things and conversations and potential, you know, pitfalls and all sorts of really juicy stuff that goes through each one of these elements to help you get confident enough to even be in that, you know, sitting at the bar somewhere. And by the way, I, I also suggest that women or anyone do that if they're trying to gain confidence. One of the toughest things is to go out and eat by yourself. It's a very strange thing if you haven't done it. And I challenge people to do it, um, no matter who you are. But to get to that place, you you detail so much in this book. What else can we get into that we didn't cover that's important for guys out there to, to know or some, you know, some kind of pitfall or theme that you keep seeing that we haven't touched on yet that, that guys need to be aware of? Well, I'll, I'll go back to the one thing about testing for interest. And this is something that really revolutionized my interaction with people in general, like a, a person you're sitting next to on an airplane um, versus, you know, a, a woman you might be talking to, you know, in a restaurant or club or a bar or, or that, that might have, you know, a little bit more energy to it. And and that is, you know, I teach men how, how to interact and observe other people's perceived interest in having an ongoing interaction with you. Most men don't know how to read that. We either blindly charge into a situation, oblivious to, you know, how the person's responding, or we're we're in our heads overthinking it, over reading too much, and we don't do anything. So that testing for interest is just one of the most important skill sets that I think any person, man or woman, can learn. It's the basis of all sales, the basis of all social interaction. And again, I'm going to say that, you know, that this confidence that I think is so attractive to the feminine um, does not come from the things men typically think. It's not come from, you know, being tall, being rich, you know, whatever. It really does come from a lot of subtle cues. Um, You know, the things women have told me over the years that attracted them to me were not things that I ever would have thought of. And and I'm not even sure to this day that those are really the things. You know, they might say, oh, you have gray hands or you have kind eyes or I like your shaved head or I like the way you walk. And maybe those are all true. 
But I think it's usually something even more kind of organic than that, something more like, you know, we use the word primal quite a bit. And that is, I think, again, when a person knows how to socially interact and is confident of how to approach people, when to lean back, when to engage, how to be funny, how to be themselves, how to, you know, uh, just being completely themselves is such a game changer in every area of life. That's so excellent. Thank you so much for all of your contributions to men and and helping them in so many different ways, living better lives. Um, Tell us a bit more about, because you have groups that are out there uh, regarding Nice Guy. You've got dating. This is obviously a course as well. Tell us a bit where we can find this book and then how we can go maybe even further if we want to explore some of these elements in a group setting or, or with people that you've trained. Okay, I've got two websites. I'll put them both out there. One is drglover.com, just D-R-G-L-O-V-E-R. This website has my books. It has my online classes. It has my certified coaches and therapists. It it lists where there's various groups, where there's various, you know, all kinds of programs, basically around recovery from nice guy syndrome. My new website is datingessentialsformen.com, and that's where you'll find all the information about my new book, which actually goes live tomorrow, as you and I are talking at this moment, on Amazon. So when your listeners listen to this, they can go to just Amazon and just type in Dating Essentials for Men, and you'll find my new book there as an e-book. Um, so Dating Essentials for Men, it talks about the book, talks about my podcast, my Q&A podcast for Dating Essentials, the bonus bundle with a Dating Essentials for Men uh, A to Z encyclopedia, a workbook, uh, live Q&A recordings. So especially for your men that are single looking for the material, go to Dating Essentials for Men. Um, all other guys, go to drglover.com. Great. And we will put all of these links in the show notes to connect with you. Again, thank you so much for coming back on our show. Thanks for having me back. I always have such a good time. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. used to be called Primal Calm. And the key ingredient in this formula is called phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress, whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind. We're constantly triggering the fight-or-flight mode in modern life. And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout but instead this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy stressful day this stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage so i like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining 
overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.